<clears throat> nice. Fidelity. It's all about the fidelity. Fidelity. Chris, are you eating What's... pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Hi, and welcome to the Wireless Podcast, where the beer flows fast, free, and frictionless. On today's show, we talk about Sonos, Starlink, and Fido. I'm your host, Dan Jones. I'm joined by Chris Reed, Raymond Hendricks, Christian Roberts, and like a bear market, he likes going down, Mr. Alan Blake. How are we all? Long, long time no Doing see well. for some of us. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's my Chris? first recording with Mr. Hendrix? Actually, is it? Yeah, yeah I think line. so. S- same for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen Chris plenty of times, but the other three of you bailed out every yeah. single time again. Yeah. It's not as it's you. <laughs> I'll take it. It's just the personality. <laughs> yeah, we should have done that hostile takeover, Chris. Yeah. I think you pretty much have. You're running more than we are. <laughs> it wasn't hostile. We just showed up. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't hard. You just have to be there. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Ah, uh, Chris, let's start with you, Mr. Reed. Like, you, you look like you're glowing. I am. You pregnant? I'm in Barbados. The sun <laughs> is shining. The rum is flowing. My wife is happy. So jealous. How did you oh, pronounce yeah. it? Happy wife, fantastic. happy life. That's it. Yes. How did, you, how did you pronounce it? Barbados. Barbados. That's how it's pronounced said. locally. That's how it's pronounced locally. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I, <laughs> we were told by the taxi driver that there's like three different pronunciations depending on like what side of the um, what side of the fence you're on. So as long as it conveys like, where you're at, it's good. A bit like al- aluminum or aluminium. <laughs> he just said he said there's three different types of pronunciation depending on which side of the fence you're on, and there's only two sides to a fence. The 4D fence. Fancy fences. Why don't we go around and see how we pronounce it? <laughs> go on, then. I, you go first, Christian. Why? <laughs> Jeez. Barbados. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'd just go with Barbados, but... Barbados. Barbados. <laughs> what? <laughs> Barbados. <laughs> okay. Right, that's good. And, cool. and so, what are, you, what are you drinking, Chris? I'm drinking a pina colada. Oh, nice. Pina pina coladas. Is it five o'clock somewhere? Uh, It doesn't matter when you're on vacation. Five o'clock all the time. That's true. (laughs) It's always five. Alan's got one of these broken watches that (laughs) is just always at five (laughs) o'clock. Actually, it's it is. You see what this crap is? 
What's what's happened to your Apple Watch, mate? That looks like a girl's one. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I did give it to my daughter, but um, I need to charge it. But this is just crap. I've tried to get on with an iWatch. Is it an iWatch or an Apple Watch? Apple Watch. What was there ever an iWatch? No, never once. Well, probably some cheap Chinese knockoff. That's just what voyeurs say. But I have an eye. I have a watch, but just not a very good one. I just okay. find it irritating. It doesn't work. What do you mean it doesn't work? Yeah, yeah it it just like it magic. works for millions of other people. It just it just decides to not to work for you. Because I have to keep charging it every night or every day. It's just so frustrating. <laughs> I never take it off. It takes. It takes like well, ten exactly, minutes. Raymond. I'm gonna get a. Pro- no, it, that's, that's not the point. I mean, I just don't get it. Why would you want to take a watch off to charge it? When you should have it on all the time, so you can tell the time whenever you want to tell the time. Just Even when you're sleeping. Hook, hook yourself up to a car battery. <laughs> yeah. Jump lead. It is. It is. It is vitally lower, important. Lower. <laughs> it is vitally important to be checking the time when you're, you know, in the shower or middle of the night or, you know, times yeah. like that. Don't get me wrong. I, I miss the days of the Pebble oh, Watch that had like the one week. Uh, battery life, but like it, literally, Ooh, you put it on when you hop in the shower, and then by the time you're you're dressed and ready to go, it's all charged up. Yeah. So, how far away are you from your phone at any given time? Probably a meter. Not even that. Maybe two. So, what I have is a a solar plate, so it charges by solar. And it has GPS sensors in there, so whenever I go to the States, just press a button, hold it, look for the location, set the time right. And if, if I had this watch for 10 years now, never had to change batteries, always on time, always nice. good. Nice. You got it down. I like you, Raymond. <laughs> Ooh, I like you too. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. <laughs> right, Raymond, what, what are you drinking? Well, coffee, as always. Nice. But, yeah, fancy coffee, triple shot espresso with some milk foam. Nice. A, p- a particular type of coffee? Is it like a local roastery or a... At the moment, no. It's just from the from the store which had them on sale. Nice. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so, Lovely. no, uh, this is... Well, we do have some, some other beans, but, uh, no, this is just from the... Uh, um, just grab a cup of coffee. Uh, 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 um, like an espresso type. Reservoir, thing. yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. What time do you go to bed? He's Normally, just wired. Well, hey, I can drink an express, <laughs> triple espresso like this and, and go to bed in, in like 10 minutes, sleep like a baby. Ugh. <laughs> okay, I'll bed every five minutes. <laughs> nope. Wake <laughs> up just, tomorrow at. I, is that six. a baby drinking coffee? <laughs> Why do you say sleep like a baby when a baby wakes up every four hours? Well, I make better babies then. They sleep <laughs> oh, that's all through the night. Your babies are just shit, Alan. I want a baby just like Raymond. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Al, what are you, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking uh, Heineken. Heineken. Are you? All the all the drinks you could have made up. <laughs> because it's the only one I know that's in my fridge that you I could go said... and get the second. <laughs> Love it. That's I've good. Been caught on the hop. I'm drinking Heine. Back in a second. No. <laughs> okay, fine. 
Christian. Christian. <laughs> um, so I've got some bison grass vodka. Some which well, oddly, wait there, say that again slowly. Bison grass vodka. Bison grass vodka. Yeah, basically it's a bottle what? of vodka with a bit of grass in it. Don't know why. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, like, what does like bison have Barbados to do with vodka? Grass. It's it's made by bison. So basically, it's what kind of bison peed in it? No, no, it's just a bit of grass. <laughs> Love it. I don't know why. Since when do, uh, since then, when do bison make grass? <laughs> well, it's, it's from Poland as well, which adds to the mystery because there's no Polish bison. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's just it's just more and more questions the more it's, you talk it's, about. it's not it's not Russian vodka. Christian oh, got yeah, the finest then it's vodka good anyway. off of Wish. Yeah. <laughs> but I've also got I've also got a golden opportunity ah nice uh, and then I've got um, easier said than done nice these are cool these are cool names for beers are yeah. they uh, wh- where are they from um B&M <laughs> <laughs> no the brewery read it on the oh. can come on <laughs> oh god amateur <laughs> craft nation how many, how many? How many? How many IPAs is it? Uh, it's at least one per can. <laughs> Chris will understand that, won't you, Chris? <laughs> and then no, to finish no it off, doubles for Christian. To, to finish it off, I've got some Earl Grey IPA, right? Called okay. Yeasty Boys. <laughs> That's yeah. good. <laughs> I've seen that one. I just yeah. didn't fancy it. When you when you're choosing like beer these days, you just go for the most obscurest name, and usually they taste the best. Like if something <laughs> yeah. if something's called like top beer, you're like nah, I'm not having top beer. I'd rather have this one called Felicia. <laughs> I always go for the brightly coloured can. And you know what they always say: you should never judge a can by its cover, <laughs> or its beer by its cover. Fine. Whatever the saying is, you know that famous saying. No. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not above picking a beer based on the label, like the the ones with the nice matte labels that are on there. That they yeah. they tend to be from from good breweries, and uh, even if you don't enjoy them, you understand them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I well, I, I do the same with wine, mm-hmm. but then I give the bottle away for a birthday or something. <laughs> Just to let you know, my, my wife heard me say the sentence, I'd rather get one called Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Judging me now. I oh, love it. Might be better than the bison head. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, what, are you, what are you drinking, Mr. Mr. Jones? Yeah, I'm drinking Ribena. Is Ribena just a UK thing? Is that I have no idea elsewhere? what that is. Or is it just a, a British thing? Never heard of it. Ribena. Well, Ribena is a brand, isn't it? It's not at this well, yeah, sure. current cordial, isn't it? No, no, but like if I say Hershey's, we all know that that's chocolate bar, right? So that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if Ribena was like, it was known the world over, but, but apparently not. <laughs> It's no, but but Hershey is like if I would ask somebody in the Netherlands about Hershey's, yeah. they wouldn't know. I know about Hershey's because I come in the states. Sure. 
on a regular so basis. Would you know? Would they know Cadbury's? Who? Oh no, Cadbury's chocolate. Uh, oh, Cadbury's. Cad- yes, yeah. the eggs. Oh, Cadbury's. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Cadbury's. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so R- Ribena is just blackcurrant squash. And did That's... you know Ribena comes from the uh, botanical name for blackcurrant? <laughs> Some... Someone's on the wiki page. <laughs> this is how he makes this this podcast kind of more intellectual. Quickly, quickly Google number one. That's how he raises his level up in this game, isn't it? Love it. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to sleep better. I watched this amazing. Um, uh, amazing TED talk by this uh, British sleep scientist guy who was like, the difference between getting eight hours sleep and six hours sleep is like forty percent less cognitive, whatever. So I'm trying to get get better sleep, basically. Um, and by thinking less. What? <laughs> no, what, no, no. Cognitive. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I need more sleep. Um, so I'm trying to sleep better, and so I've, I've cut down on things like caffeine just before bed and alcohol just before bed. Those are the two things I'm trying so that I can actually try and get some sleep, but uh, we'll see. You Is just need to train more. Like, I drink 10 cups of coffee every day, <laughs> and I sleep whenever. <laughs> sleep fine. Ten. It's the eight cups now that just keep you normal. It's the, yeah, exactly. The so you, you, you push harder. Push harder. More coffee. Nice. That's good. So, but Dan, as the landlord of the pub, you're not mm. really setting a good example. Well, I've I've got to be sober because I've got to I've got to serve everyone. You know, I've got to make sure the whole thing moves and we keep going forward and all that kind of stuff. If I'm just pissed, then that's not going to help, is it? Are we lost out then, or is it just staying in the show? <laughs> it doesn't. I don't know what. I don't know what he's doing. Bless him. Oh, he wants me to let him back in again now. Oh. Is he? What happened, he mate? Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Uh, crap in this house. Don't know who installed it. <laughs> Probably someone from the Wi-Fi connection. You still using your. Wi-Fi connection. You still still using your Nighthawk router or whatever it was you oh had. Oh God, that that antique. No, um, I'm using. Do you know what I'm using? I'm using um, what they call them, power lines. So, uh, power lines range extenders. And uh, which ones? Uh, the TP links. Oh yeah, you should get the Devolo ones. Those <laughs> Why? are better. Why? They invented the oh, thing. Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Who invented, <laughs> who invented networking? <laughs> no, but they invented the PLC technology. Okay. Divolo. Okay. So. And it's a German brand, so Deutsche Grundlichkeit. Right. So I should be using them. Right. So you know it's good. I don't have a problem with it. It's just I think I was on 2.4 because I was in my garden. I got a garden bar, actually. I need to send you pictures. I built a garden bar. It's massive. And, nice. Um, we should all come round to your house and do we this should. live. Chris, Raymond, you up for that? Chris, Raymond, you up for that? <laughs> yeah, I'm up for that. Good boys. So yeah, uh, my fault. Sorry, boys. I'm back. Yeah, my fault. Sorry, boys. I'm back. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. So, but yeah, landlord. It... Yes, go for it. Go ahead. Oh, cheers. <laughs> so, what? What was um? 
was there anything in the news this week that kind of caught your attention or you know made you think ah oh, I want to chat to the chat to the guys about that no well, <laughs> no well no. yeah but that, that's more but then Alan will take over because I did get an email of my crypto card saying well they're going to um lower the uh, the the paybacks and then Everybody complained, and now they reinstated it again. But in the meanwhile, th their value has dropped quite quite a bit. So, but that's the crypto talk, and we might not want to start there because we're not probably going to end there as well. <laughs> so maybe you want to. I don't mind. I don't mind talking crypto for a bit. I've, we've I've, got, I've we've got, got a resident expert on. I've got a question for Alan. What the fuck's happened? My money's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Whose fault was that? It's not my fault. Every time I look, it's red. It's interesting, isn't it, these days? I mean, the market no. cycles. There's nothing more I can say, really. Um, it is what it is. I think you just have to be shrewd. No, no, no. The Bitcoin should have been at 100K in December, and it still hasn't been there. So that that's not a cycle. There's no cycle anymore. I think there is still a kind of upward trend. At the minute, we're in a bear cycle. I think from where we were, say last year when it hit its all-time highs, which was around about I think November, December time. So I think there's a lot of cooling. I think people are going to sell. People are going to take profits. Um, I think as well you've got all the big boys, all the institutions are coming in. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the news about um, who was it that just recently announced. Um, is it Fidelity actually? Ironically, when you said it earlier, Fidelity actually announced something along the lines of offering was it in the US. Where's Chris gone? The 401ks which I think is the US equivalent of their pension funds. And I think they're now being offered to those investment hedge fund managers to purchase Bitcoins, ironically. So when these boys come in, you'll see the price of Bitcoin rocket because supply is, is going is, 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 to, there's not enough. So demand will outstrip supply 100%. So you just got to sit tight, I think. Um, I think the biggest tip I'll tell you right now, Raymond, is money is made in the bear market. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So buy more. The bear market, what's that? You know, I heard of the bear market. Have you heard of a bull market? Have you heard of a bull market? So basically, a bull market is um, <laughs> when things go up, and a bear market is when things go down. Okay. So you just got to sit tight. Yeah, well, that's what people always say. Well, I'll buy on the low and sell on the high, but that's basically what you're saying, which is. No information at all. Well, I think you need... Do you know what? There's so much to this that we we would only scratch the surface, right? Um, the thing I would probably say to you is you need to understand markets. You need to understand financial instruments. You need to understand trends and also follow the news because with a market like cryptocurrency that's not even regulated, it's manipulated to hell like most markets are, um, the volatility in there is huge. Um, you imagine people investing millions into something that moves 5-10% in an hour. It it will kill them. That's why you see all these other kind of bond markets and stock markets only move a small percentage because the sheer amount of volume that's been invested is huge. So 10% swing is devastating to a lot of people, whereas 1 or 2% is a lot more manageable. Even still devastating, but when you're dealing with huge sums of money, it's still a massive swing. So... You just got to be kind of shrewd, careful, and know what you're doing. And I think you just need to sit tight. And I think 
Bitcoin will probably go to six figures. Bitcoin Definitely. I mean, it's... Figures. Why wouldn't it? It's the next generation. Is the... But basically what, what I read between the lines is if you have a day job, stay clear. Why? Why would you stay clear? Why would you even listen Why to people telling you? Be because it's so volatile. But that's okay though, isn't it? There's different types of people who can sit there and hold it for as well. Look, I hold things. I've been holding crypto since 2017, right? And I've seen it go up and down, up and down. But I'm in it for the long haul, knowing full well that um, I don't care what it does in between. It's a bit like, you know, the heartbeat in between. It's like the old ECG graph, isn't it? It's like, who cares what happens in the, in the middle as long as it goes up higher at the end? Um, to where I want it to go to. So I'm in it for the long haul. I think you've completely misunderstood what those ECGs do. So Let's <laughs> just watch heart rate while I'm investing in it and watching it go down and I'm like redlined. <laughs> when it starts to pump, I'm like, heart beats fast. But, but, and then you've got the traders who actually trade on the volatility as well, right? You've got those that actually, you know, buy low, sell high and, and they make lots and lots of trades on a regular basis to kind of make the profits and you know those are the people unfortunately i think drive more of the market than people realize it's not that people are kind of coming in institutional investors are coming in and gobbling up all the bitcoin for example i think a lot of the time the markets are actually being manipulated by by high frequency trading personally that's my opinion um then if it helps answer your questions but but the golden rule is only invest what you can afford to lose yeah, 100%, you know so you know if you can only invest it to be honest with you Although people do say that, I don't think do investing anything that, less than 5,000 euros, pounds, dollars is really going to change your life. To be honest with you. Just be, just be straight. Friends to friends. So, so because it's a... Because it's a blockchain, I'm assuming you can't do things like short sell. You still can. Yeah, because what you got to do, you've got to separate the two. Yeah, blockchain is kind of like a technical word to describe something that is like um, like networking, right? Like TCP IP, like switches mm -hmm. and, and, and packets and data frames. That's kind of the, the, the blockchain aspect, which is immutable. You can't, you, you, you can't question it. Yeah. Then you've got the financial instrument and you effectively the application. So you can have email, you can have web apps, you can have this platform run over the internet and, and, and you can kind of, you know, manipulate all of that kind of stuff. So the two aren't really the same when dealing with your example, you're just trying to kind of understand. So just thought I'd clarify that. Does that make sense? Well, you, well, yeah, apart from the fact that I thought the whole point of the, of the blockchain was that it was a public, everyone can see what's happening. Yeah. They can. They can yeah. see the transactions because it's just a ledger. The but yeah, when you're yeah. shorting yeah. something, what you're doing is you're, you're placing a bet, if you like, that the price of Bitcoin is going to go down. Yeah, but the, the way that you make money from that is because you say, hey, you know, I've got access to five Bitcoin and it's at, you know, 90. You know, I'll, I'll, I don't own it. But I'm going to sell it to someone, hoping that the price goes down, and then I can sell it back to and make the difference, right? It's the exchange that's handling all that bit, though, isn't it? You're not you're not trading directly in the Bitcoin on the blockchain. Sorry, you're trading via an exchange who will hold their own liquidity and oh, stuff like big that. Words there, Christian. Right. You've been are you googling that right now? I'm good at that. He's on the wiki again. <laughs> Christian's kind of right. I think. Um, 
with, with, with things like Bitcoin on the blockchain, so you can actually see that it's there, you have access to it, you need a private key that guarantees that you're the owner of that Bitcoin that you've got access to. If you wanted to kind of sell that, you can literally send that to my Bitcoin wallet and trade for a remuneration. So if it's worth $40,000, I can send you $40,000. You can go to exchanges and you can trade and, and then you can kind of buy what's available or sell what you've got. Now, blockchain will only ever record that transaction between effectively when it's been transferred or a transaction has undertaken, and that's purely a transactional thing. When you're dealing with trades, that is, you're, you're kind of saying, I'm going to sell Bitcoin at one price and then buy it back at another price. <laughs> and you can do that separately. Effectively, yeah, you can kind of do that separate without actually being recorded on the blockchain, because effectively what you're doing is you're on an exchange, as, as Christian rightly said, but there are multiple there are different exchanges there's a there's a centralized exchange and a decentralized exchange now a centralized exchange is like uh, john lewis right holds all the stock and it controls what is bought and sold over its counter versus ebay which just facilitates you and i being able to kind of sell our items of clothing that kind of thing yeah so that's the kind of difference between the two now typically on a centralized exchange transactions occur as if you know, you and I debit and credit bank accounts. It's just zeros, ones and zeros that get changed all the time. And then there's a batch reconciliation at the end of the day. On decentralized exchanges, it's actually slightly different. It's actually, the blockchain is actually recording that actual transaction. So when you sell your Bitcoin on a decentralized exchange, it's actually recorded on the blockchain. And in return, you get whatever you traded it for. So whether you've traded it for another cryptocurrency or in fact, technically you can trade it for cryptocurrency without selling, I suppose. But when you're trading it, yeah. We're trading it for something of, of something else that's worth more yep. to you or you're selling it for less than what it's worth to you. But the point being is that if you want to short something or long something, it, there are platforms out there that allow you to make that kind of bet, that gamble. So they'll kind of provide, a bit like casinos, right? They, they provide the roulette table or the blackjack table. It's effectively what you're doing. You're gambling against the price or you're gambling against what number it's going to land on or you're going to gamble what cards you're going to get dealt. Sure, but I guess I guess I guess my question was, um, you know, like on on the current stock market, whatever you you can you can see, okay, you know, Tesla is shorted one hundred and sixty percent. You know, in terms of what's known, it's known to be shorted one hundred and sixty percent. So, is there a similar, I guess, you know, marketplace for that type of thing with crypto? Could, could I see how much something is shorted by? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's a regulation, though, isn't it? The stock market's regulated, so if you're shorting something, that needs to be reported, unless you're. No, you don't. You don't need to. You don't need to declare if you're shorting something. That I think that's that's the point is that I'm making. No, the, whereas the stock the stock broker would have to declare it, wouldn't they? No, it doesn't work like okay. that. They don't have to. No, wasn't it the the, the um, GameStop the was a big one. GameStop, exactly. That was yeah. the one they they did last year, and some big financial institution lost a lot of money. But, mm -hmm. but that, that that was a broker's shot in their own stock, wasn't it? Rather than people. No, that's yeah, but that's what I mean. So so they were basically selling more than they actually had access to. Which was illegal and outside regulation, which was the problem. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, but that's the point, right? Is that so? What I was kind of getting at was because this is a decentralized thing where it's not, you know, one person. The whole point is that there's this ledger which 
has every transaction in it is there some sort of protection from that type of thing happening was was more my kind of question what's built into the actual blockchain itself what's is the protection the by default the so the transaction that occurs so is irreversible it's immutable irreversible. and it's open it's to anybody to actually go and interrogate and visualize okay um, so yeah. when you make those transactions, so of course, but you, you have to separate the two from using one as a financial instrument because that's effectively what cryptocurrency is as well. It is a tool for you to mm -hmm. trade and, and, and use within platforms that offer you yields to generate revenue, profits, whatever you want to call it, versus the actual blockchain itself, which is where I think beauty lies, personally. Don't get me wrong. We all want to be rich and make money off, off crypto, right? But... The beauty lies within the blockchain, and there's so many different variations of different types of blockchains out there with all the proof of protocols, I call them. Um, and, and it's the technology itself, which is what's so amazing and clever about it all, which has kind of got to where we are yeah. today. Because what we're seeing right now, I think, is you've got an, a kind of unregulated market that people are kind of creating these new financial platforms by which you can use cryptocurrency to effectively do the things that the big boys are doing but you're not allowed to because you're not accredited <laughs> investors and also doing things yeah. that maybe are not illegal but frowned upon in the regulatory <laughs> world because they can be susceptible to manipulation and insider trading and all sorts of yeah. bad things but it's showing what's possible to the likes of you and I that we'd never have known was possible. And I think that's brilliant because now it changes the game that why have you got access to this when I haven't? Now all of a sudden mm -hmm. I've got access to crypto, you've got access to crypto, it's 24-7. None of this, the bell goes at 5 p.m. in the UK or 9 p.m., whatever it is in the US. Um, well that's that be our time, obviously. And that's it, we're out the game's trading stopped, but then there's after hours trading, which is like, what the fuck's that? Why am I, why am I not available to that? So it just shows what's possible, I think, cryptocurrency. And, and as I say, the beauty of the actual blockchain is about what's possible to kind of move towards the next step of transactions, being able to kind of use the two in unison for the greater good of mankind in terms of being able to change the way we deal with and view money and currency versus technology you, you know i mean you can use the blockchain for virtually anything i'm not talking about hosting and playing games on it because that's not what it's built for it's a, it's a ledger at the end of the day that's the ledger technology distributed ledger technology is what it's built on but its capabilities are phenomenal in terms of being you know being immutable you know the fact that you can have good example right is you could have um your whole personal information how many times do you kind of uh, KYC yourself to various KYC different platforms where you have to say provide utility bill, provide your passport, provide things about you personally. What if you just did that once and it was held in an NFT and then that NFT is then made available to anybody that wants to know about you to approve you for a loan, to approve you for subscription, to approve you for whatever it is that you want to be approved for and they only go to that one place that one time but they don't have to ask what that information is, they just know that they can just ask something specific that's encrypted, that's secure, because it protects the data of your information. How how cool would that be, and how much easier would it be for you? And now all you have to do is maintain it and provide the authenticity that the data is accurate. But the blockchain can provide this so many ways, and, and that's just one example of a use case. It's phenomenal. So, it's, it's a nice example, yeah. So so using it almost as like a passwordless authentication token type thing as well right so, so, so one thing to google like is zero proofs because the idea here is that oh god I, can't, I, I always forget this bit the idea is it's um 
you can kind of declare you who your authenticity by kind of having something that you know in a way I, i'm probably describing that wrong but google zero proofs it's quite fascinating um yeah i'll, I'll stop zero knowledge yeah, proof. Zero proof sorry yeah yeah that whole concept is is pretty pretty staggering and that's what is, is coming i think there's going to be more of that to validate you but without revealing who you are or what you know it's kind of clever if i'm describing it correctly yeah okay so it's like two-factor authentication but without either of the factors <laughs> kinda i suppose yeah right but this is beyond what i okay. care, care about in all honesty it's a bit you just want to make fucking money <laughs> so yeah no fair play exactly yeah yeah nice um okay no that's cool so i mean you've kind of given us like a thing there but like you know crypto's been around for years and years and years and years now right but there's still outside of just people making money from it what what actual stuff is there that's going to like how is that technology actually going to be used how is it actually going to you know improve things what what kind of stuff is there that's i guess in like proof of concept or is or is already out there that's actually making a difference utility so 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 i'll give you two examples one of them is obviously finance it's going to revolutionize finance because at the end of the day what you have is centralized databases which is bank reconciliation every kind of day where they all designed in the 70s sorry designed in the yeah, 70s as Swift well system right you know this is the inter banking system that's so mm -hmm. archaic that is, is riddled with flaws um but it's uh, a, a system that kind of and latency, right? Like the biggest problem well, is latency. latency. It's errors. You know, the fact is that they, you know, Swift processes something like ten trillion dollars a day, right? And there's a six percent loss every day. That's how you know they just messages just get lost. Swifting is just the Swift system is actually just the messages. It's all it is. So between banks to say pay this person this amount to this account but for some reason there's all sorts of fraud and there's all sorts of bad actors and for some reason the messages just get lost and all of a sudden well the money just disappears where does it go you know what i mean it's just again digital transactions and it's quite quite fascinating so six percent of 10 trillion you do the math you know that's how much is, is going so when you've got I guess blockchain technology or distribution ledger technology is the, is the correct term to use because blockchain is a kind of layer of that uh, below um so blockchain is a version a bit like wi-fi is a version of networking right so um because then you've got you know other type of um dlts as well um so the idea is you can revolutionize the banking system that's just one example another use case is supply chains and 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 by revolutionize sorry mate by revolutionize do you mean decentralize or do you mean you, you know have some sort of um like redundancy built in like in what way do you mean oh, man. okay revolutionize <laughs> we end up going down a rabbit hole here because you need to understand money right and currency and all that kind of crap right the idea is is the way the banking system kind of works right now is that you've got dollars as the currency the kind of global reserve currency right now and it flows between um the world right purchasing uh, uh what's it oil petrodollars and all that kind of stuff the whole concept of the mm -hmm. banking system the is built around Vostro Nostro's in terms of 
um, a good example to give you is if Barclays in the UK wants to bank with, um, what's the Dutch bank, Raymond? A, a Rabobank so or ABN or... ABM and you do any euros. Effectively, what you have is each has a bank account with each other. So Barclays will have a bank account in, in, in Holland, in the Netherlands, and you'll have one in with Barclays, but you won't kind of hold each other's money in your own local accounts. What you'll do is you'll have an account so that if you have a person who wants to use, a, use in the UK, make a purchase in euros, and they want to send it across to the Netherlands. Well, they don't literally physically move that money in a way that you probably data flows through the internet. What they will probably do is just kind of send that transaction from their account over in the Netherlands to pay that person who wanted to send that, that euro money to. So effectively, there's that reconciliation. But there's all this kind of this mess regarding money that means that um, that there's, there's, I guess, errors and how much money is actually really there. We've got problems with circulation, the debt clock. We've got, um, you know, credit notes is what effectively currency is. You know, bonds are created by the Treasury and then sold to the bankers and the bankers give it to the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England or the Dutch Bank of Central Bank and they all print the money and then it just flows into circulation and you've got inflation and all this kind of, I'm really, hypoth I'm really trying to summarize this high level here um, because there's so much to go into. But when you try to kind of fix a broken system, which is what I think it is based on the research and the information that I've learned about the current um, fiscal monetary system that exists today. When you look at what cryptocurrency can do in terms of the blockchain or the consensus mechanisms that exist regards to DLTs that exist, it's almost like saying you don't need to worry about having Vostro Nostra accounts, which basically is Italian for yours and theirs, I think. So you don't necessarily have to have um, money in the Dutch bank and they don't have to have money in, in your bank that's kind of ex exclusively for you. What you can end up doing is kind of having a, a, a separate cryptocurrency that has what's called, I think, is the crucial kicker here, counterparty risk. Because banks always loan money to each other. And if, for example, uh, Barclays lent to ABN in, in the Netherlands and all of a sudden ABN can't pay back Barclays. Well, there's a massive risk on Barclays, which then has a knock-on effect to everyone else dealing with Barclays because they've just, they've risked themselves with ABN defaulting. Well, no one wants to deal with Barclays because they know that they probably don't have as much money anymore because someone's just, def a huge amount of money's just defaulted on them. So all of a sudden, Barclays are then going to struggle because people don't want to do business with them. So there's that county party risk because it's all about money. Whereas if you've got potentially cryptocurrency assets that act as that kind of currency that banks can trade between, so we're not dealing with foreign exchange pegs either between euro and pounds fluctuating. We're dealing with um, the UK pounds with one cryptocurrency asset and then the euro with that same cryptocurrency asset. And the market dictates that because the market controls that price. No one owns that cryptocurrency. So in the end, what you get is um, you know, no one's sitting there having counterparty risk with the amount of money that they lend. What they effectively do is they go, look, let's just go dip into the market, grab the cryptocurrency that we need that can be this, this, this kind of reserve currency that's flowing in an open free market. It, it, its price is dictated based upon what the market says it is per the country's GDP. So if the country wants, I don't know, X number of cryptocurrency that's out there. I mean, XRP is a good example of this, right? If they say I want XRP, they go out into the, the open market and purchase that XRP. And they'll send that XRP instead of sending the euros or the, the, the dollar equivalent. And then that's the XRP is then received. And it's the XRP that's then sold and 
into the local currency that's then able to flow into the local banking system. So effectively, money doesn't move across borders. It stays within. And it's completely traceable, it's, it's, it's immutable, but it's zero counterparty risk. It doesn't matter if someone defaults. Well, there's plenty of that XRP floating around in the open economy and the open market that other banks can just take and then continue to use. But I guess I've waffled a bit, but um, that's just the financial kind of way I, I see things being fixed. But there's so much more we could talk about for hours on end. Yeah, yeah, which like, none of us want to do. Because you asked me, the other thing I want to talk about is supply chain. Now, the idea of a supply chain is is authenticity. Imagine that you've got, I don't know, you buy something and you want to know if it's real or not. The idea is you can scan the code. Produce is is a classic example. It's like most people want to make sure that it's organic. Um, what if you could scan a QR code and you can see the whole process of, of that item that was made, you know, all the way back to where it was grown, which farm in the UK, have all that information put on the blockchain that shows you exactly anything and everything that you can make a conceded choice to say, I want to purchase this product versus... I don't know whether it just says made in the UK or made in Great Britain. It just has a stamp. You don't know anything else. But if you've got blockchain that can provide this level of detail this level of information it's so much more valuable and that's happening today even with medication with the the covid vaccines you know blockchain was used in order to record that information in the supply chain as to where these vaccines were kept who made them the temperatures they were stored at whether they're a duff batch whether not a duff batch it's a bit like uh wireless tags in in um remember air scout wireless tags the passive, act, the active tags used to get, you know, when you could, uh, you, we could apply them to various different parts and you could kind of see like trolleys was a good example. What's this trolley? Where's this trolley? I need to locate it. So you'd have a Wi-Fi network that would try and triangulate where this active token was. Um, and then you'd work out, well, is it, is it a state of repair? Is it booked out? So you have all that kind of contextual based information that actually helps you determine you know the, the flow of the production line as it were and this is what again blockchain can actually be better at as an example yeah and i think i think like where i'd like to see things like that are things like you know i pay for green energy i don't know if i'm getting green energy i'm p- i'm paying for it i'm paying more for it you know but wouldn't it be great if <laughs> yeah wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if using some sort of ledger you know where where it could be like right you know these are you know this amount of energy that was generated by this wind farm and this solar farm and this tidal whatever you know that's what's made up your eight kilowatts that you've used or or whatever you know that for me would be like a an amazing you know oh and oh and actually we did have to turn on a gas pika plant because there wasn't enough energy at this point and so you know we did have to use, you know, it, for me, like that. I think it is usable for that. And I think it would be a great use case. Now they use these green shirts, mm-hmm. which are also a, a big scam, or they could be used to scam things as well. You can buy green rights and yeah. then say, well, it's green energy and that kind of thing. And yeah, as, as you say, Dan, if you would use a ledger technology, then um, yeah, That's that would probably work. So carbon credits is a big thing right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the problem with carbon credits is is that, again, you end up with this kind of muddied water of, right, you know, ha- has that carbon credit been sold six times to six different people? Do you know what I mean? And whereas if there, if, yeah, exactly. Whereas if there was a, you know, 
amazingly, you know, we're able to get all this green energy and we've got one wind farm, you know, it's just like, it kind of doesn't make sense. But another thing would be like um, being able to hold people like Apple to account, right? So when they say, oh, you know, we don't have any, you know, we've used 100% recycled aluminium, like, have you? Like, what? what way have I got as a consumer to actually know that that has happened? Like, they could be recycling or they could just be telling me they're recycling and, and I wouldn't know any different. But then you've got to trust what they say, as in, even with the blockchain. The blockchain just gives you the opportunity to have a platform that, again, whatever's there, you can't delete it, you can't erase it, you can't um, go back and you know overwrite it. it it's kind of there but again you have to trust the authenticity of the information that's been uploaded so even if there were blockchain to, to resolve the example you give there for apple the question you can ask yourself well yeah. okay apple uploaded that information into the blockchain but is it still true because you're still at square one right that, that, sure. and that's another problem so yeah, blockchain yeah. provides the kind of decentralized database where you and i can just go and get that information and and and, and even uh, participate in that blockchain and provide our own level of information so that it's not exclusively an Apple thing just because they've got the repositories, the servers and the databases and the SQL server skill sets and the best people in the world to do all the coding that they get the lion's share of the revenue stream that that might generate. We're able to kind of participate in this as well and that's what kind of blockchain also again kind of tries to disembowel is what the word I would use. Big word. <laughs> Yeah. So much, man. There's so much. Yeah, okay. and honestly, it's ridiculous the amount of information that I've been doing. And that's why I've not been doing Wi-Fi. I've been doing crypto. <laughs> well, if it pays the bills, mate, that's... Uh, exactly. That doesn't pay the bills. So nice yeah, one. Pay the bills. Kudos, kudos to you. Yeah, really. Year 65, though. <laughs> Look, 65. So, in, in the introduction, you, we, we were supposed to talk about FIDO, which which is the passwordless sign-in. Yeah. Is that crypto-based or blockchain-based or ledger-based as well, or could that technology be used? I don't even know what that is. So, so the the, the FIDO is the, the this standard, right, where the it's basically this passwordless sign-in thing. So I don't know if you saw today, but the, the government were talking about how the UK government are trying to push people to using um, like biometric uh, for biometrics for, for logging into things rather than passwords because basically people can't be trusted to not use the password password. Um, and so that's what made me kind of have a quick look at this type of thing. And I noticed that it was, you know, Apple, Google and, and Microsoft have all committed to basically exp expand the support for this FIDO standard. Um, which I, I just I just thought it was, was an interesting thing that you've got, you know, these three major players um, that were all kind of signing up for this, this thing. I mean, you know... <laughs> The only the only problem that I've got with this type of thing so far is every time I let Apple choose the password for me, it then forgets the password. Or <laughs> like next time I go to log in, it's a massive it, pain. It hasn't actually done it. But what I, what I did notice when I was 
doing a quick bit of research on this is that the Google Assistant now will actually alert you if there's been a breach and not only will do that but it will also change the password for you and just update the password in the password manager for you automatically which I thought was quite cool because Apple do that as well don't they? Well no so Apple Apple will tell you that you're it, you know there's been this many breaches and this one was one of the one that was in a breach you mm. need to go and change it now and I think sometimes you can then click it to change the password and if they've got a, a website that works with it it will it will help you through that the difference with this Google one was that it literally it just changed the password for you so as soon as there was a breach it went in and would change it for you and it wouldn't even necessarily tell you it would just be like yeah you know your password's been updated it's in the password manager so next time you go to that site it will just be there ready for you to use but where is all that information stored mm. as in if you want to i'm just reading it here it talks about enrolling automatically enrolling all of your devices um without having to kind of enroll on every account so it's almost like saying if i've got three macbooks uh or i've got Three MacBooks well, you, and an you have that already, right? I don't. I have to enroll every single one of them every time, don't I? I have to authenticate, and even though my MacBook might be the master for the the other two, so I get that pin, don't you? When you try to log in or change a password, you then have to go and go to the master MacBook or master Apple device that authorizes you. Well, no, it it, it will it will show up on every Apple device. You can choose which one. Google have done this for a while, haven't they? You don't need to use a password for Google. You just try logging into a Google service and a device that's already authorised for Google, yeah. like a YouTube or Chrome or whatever, will just pop up saying, is this you try to log on? Yeah. Yep. I'll be honest with you, I think I'm quite technical, but password managers, I find a pain in the absolute ass. I use Bitwarden <laughs> at the moment, which is great, but... Like the, the the way it integrates to different operating systems is different, and mm. if you're within an app, iOS for example doesn't let it get a password out of the app and store it. You've got to try create it manually, and like half my passwords are in Apple, right? Yeah, app, whatever it's called, um, keychain or whatever. Keychain, yeah, and then the other half are in Bitwarden, and there's no way of merging the two together. It's just yeah. every time yeah. I've got a password. I used to use Google as well quite a lot uh, Chrome so all my passwords were stored in Chrome uh, every time I log into a website it's like being, if let's just say I've got to log into my gas yeah. electric account I've got to try work out what password manager has got what password Yeah, and it's just a pain uh, and I, I don't know I why have that with so the browser difficult. as well yeah so, so I've like obviously the keychain ones will only show up in Safari yeah. whereas the Chrome ones only work in Chrome it's like oh, I, I, like I'll try and log into a website and my my password won't show up automatically so it's like right so it must be saved in the other browser and then i have to like open up the other browser just to get it to work well i tried to use yeah. um I, I got fed up at one point i bought one of those keys i can't remember what they're called i've got it somewhere um oh there's thumb drives yeah it's not a thumb drive it's a yubi key there you go oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which key, plugged yeah. in and you just do that and never use it it's just an absolute pain in the ass. I've got no idea what benefit that has. In fact, to turn it into a, uh, a not PKA, what was it? Whatever. But yeah, it's just it were a waste of money. Well, people like sing and dance about these and say that they're brilliant. You'd never have to use a password again. It was just an extra password or an extra password manager that I tried to put it in. Same password for everything. Well, I do, and then I log on to Google, and Google says, "Oh, you're using this password in 342 sites. Don't don't go change them." I'm like, "No, I'm fucking doing it." I don't have enough time in the world to go through and 
it's just or then you use the password manager to, to generate a password and then it's not allowed to use any weird characters or how does it even know what your password so is then to tell you that you've got it the same password on 342 devices obviously it's not allowed to look at i mean it's expected that it doesn't know that it's you know it looks yeah, at the hashes say, it's going to look at the hash and go this is the same password every time yeah exactly but so what it's really doing is looking at 300 and odd websites and saying all these websites are storing the your password it's, unsalted. It's trying to log into you. <laughs> <laughs> just constantly trying to log into you as every website it can find. No, just, you've used the same password 500 times. <laughs> Cheers, Google. Change your emails. Change your emails. The, the other annoying thing is then you, you biometrics, right? Fantastic. They work fine until for some reason Apple decides, oh, we're just going to log you out of the app. And then you've got to try to figure out what your password is. Your face no longer works. Apparently, faces aren't good enough. It's just... Yeah. yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah, just shave every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So effectively, these guys are then going to come up with a solution that kind of centralizes it or or makes it, I guess, cross. I think it's more having having the standard, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that if I if I've saved all my passwords into Keychain, well, they will also show up in Chrome. They will also show up in, you know, Windows. You know, I think. I think if they can figure that out and then it just becomes less about where are my passwords already stored and more about who's offering me the best experience, then that's that's a good thing, right? But why would I care what my password is if it's stored somewhere? Well, I think that's the point, is that you wouldn't. Yep. Is that you'll just use the, you know, the craziest, longest, whatever password and it doesn't actually matter because you're never having to actually know what that is or type that in or... You know, you just yeah. put a th finger on, scan a face, whatever. Um, yeah. But I, th I think it's interesting, though, that Google, Microsoft and Apple all realize it's a problem and, and are trying to solve it and are working together to solve it, which is significant, I think. Yeah, I think it's a good thing that they try to solve it because, yeah, yeah let's face it, it, it is a, a, a massive issue. Yeah. No, it is. It's horrendous. And and in terms of usability, that's the, the kicker, isn't it? Is that that frustration. And then what ends up happening is people just use password or the same password 6,000 times because yeah. it's about ease so, of use. Well, th th <laughs> that's, that's the only reason I don't have a mouse mat, so I can't put the password below <laughs> it. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny because I was at my parents the other day and... My dad was trying to log on to TomTom Tom to do an update on TomTom's website. TomTom? Tom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't right, ask. Well, welcome to 1997. Well, yeah. They've changed it, actually, since he bought it. Cause it were unlimited upgrades forever. You could just keep an update and update. Now it's there. Now a year. Um, but anyway, I asked him what his password was. He's got a book out and he opened his book. And I was cringing a little bit. And I'm thinking, I'm going to say to him, Dad, don't write your freaking passwords down in the book. But then I, I sort of remembered my scenario where every time I want to log onto a website, it's a fight and a battle because I've got no idea where it's stored, who, what it's going to be. That's like, yeah, that's easy. Whatever, Dad. Crack on. Yeah, fair play. You've, <laughs> yeah. You've, done, you've done a good job there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Just, just been reading the uh, white paper from the links you sent. And it's, it's kind of similar to Diffie-Hellman, isn't it? In terms of there's a, instead of single device, it's like multi-device. So you've got almost like a public key. Or sorry, sorry, you've got your private key. And then 
you kind of then use that private key and they have a public key that will authenticates all these other devices. So it's a kind of similar concept is what they're trying to create for authentication methods, which is, I think it's quite good. I like that. Yeah. I like the, I like the, yeah, the yeah. fact that they think about it. And obviously Apple, Google and Microsoft are the three biggest, what would you call them? Password authenticator platform thingamajiggies in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. But yep. They're going to be holding the most amount of passwords, I would have thought. Well, yeah. I mean, so browsers, uh, Google. So browsers. Uh, what I mean, Mozilla. Probably. Uh, what I mean, Mozilla. If you use their Brave browser yep. and, and their Brave browser things, I, I guess things if they lead the way and they're a kind of open the standard the consortium or whatever it is, then they'll allow others to become members members of and find out what the secret source is, or, or they would partake and say, look, this is our, this is, we, we've obviously got a few thousand or a few million users that authenticate using our browser or our application. This thing. We yeah. need to it's be part of this too. And it's like, yeah. It's like, it's, no, it's just like that XKCD comic, you know, about the 16 competing standards. This is just another competing standard. I've just, I've just Googled Bitwarden and uh, Fido, and it's in the list of options with, you know, an authentic uh, app, YubiKey, Cisco Duo, Feeder, email. It's, it's just it's just gonna complicate things more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think if I think and I think that's why, if you've got Apple, Google, and Microsoft all going down one thing, it's like just just the weight of users, right? That are using those things. You'd like to think that that will force the hand of other, you know, one password. Bitwarden last pass to go. Oh, let's just use that Fido standard then, <laughs> you know, because it's easier. Because then it will just link in with everything else. Whether or not that will actually happen, I guess we'll we'll find out. Um, I think we'll just the one last thing that I wanted to chat about was um, just to get your uh, your thoughts on Starlink. That have, they now offer like a roaming plan so you have to pay i think it's an extra 35 dollars or something um but now you can you know your starlink receiver doesn't have to stay in one place you can take it around with you and it will still work um i find it interesting that they've decided to charge for that and that it it doesn't just work because it it feels like that's like there's that there's not necessarily any overhead on them it will just work though. Won't it? I've seen on Reddit quite a few people travelling around with Starlinks for years. Well, not years. How long it's been out without any problems. But but don't they? Um, I, I I guess like at the, previously to this being announced, it worked. But don't they make you when you sign up for Starlink? Don't they make you tell them what your address is so that basically if it then connects and it's not there, because they'll be able to tell yeah. where it is, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, you're connecting to a geostationary satellite, right? So it's basically you're allowed to connect to a certain satellite or multiple satellites. And and I've seen a movie or a YouTube video about a guy driving across several states in the US, but I don't think it's available in Europe just yet. Yeah, no, yeah, you can get it in the UK, Starlink. Yeah, I know, but not the roaming part. Not the roaming part, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just the US at the moment. What, what's, um, the, what's there to yeah, roam when you've got a kind of satellite that is how many miles above the Earth and it's got the whole of that face of the planet in by which it can... No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. That's, no, 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 that's no, the whole na- point. Narrow, narrow beam. Yeah, so where's yeah. that narrow beam going into that, that, then? Remind me. 
so th the Starlink satellites aren't geostationary. They, they, in, they're in LEO. Yeah. Ah, okay. I thought they were geostationary. No, no, no. no. That's that's why the latency is so low, um, and it works so quickly, effectively, because it doesn't have the distance to travel geostationary. Yeah. Um, and then basically, in in low Earth orbit, they're in like a mesh system. So you know, you'll connect to one that's traveling across the sky. And, and then you'll it. get handed off. Yeah, you'll get handed off to, to other satellites as they move across. And then they speak to each other via lasers in space and then down to base stations. So, so that would mean your base station would send its GPS coordinates? Yeah. And, and so... It uses, like, it uses a phased array, doesn't it, Chris? No, but I mean, if they want to limit the roaming... Yeah. That's then, what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is that they can, yeah. they they can just say, you know, you're only allowed to use it within this mile squared, say. Exactly. Um, you know, and 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 if it moves out of there, well then tough shit. You just won't be able to <laughs> access the internet. Um, but but I, f I find it what what I, the point I was bringing up was, I find it interesting that they've chosen to charge for that roaming capability rather than that just being available. You know, and it's already expensive, right? It's like $110 a month for Starlink. You've got to pay about $600 up front for the satellite. For the hardware, yeah. And then I think like, if you want to get you know, physical Ethernet, you've got to pay extra for that. It's, and I get, I think in the States, broadband is very badly priced, and in some areas, you know, unless you're using the WISP, it's pretty much unavailable. So I get the market there, but... In the UK, in Europe, where you've got high-speed broadband. I mean, I'm, I've got gig up, gig down at the moment, but £28 a month. Yeah. Like, why would anyone ever want to switch away from the satellite? Yeah. Albeit my house doesn't move, it's fixed and bolted to the ground. But I think, I think that's my point, right? Is that one of the advantages of the Starlink system is that because it's not a fixed cable to a specific location like that's one of the benefits right so if i was you know if i lived out in the country and i was weighing up oh you know do i get a do i pay for a cable to be put into my property so that i get faster internet or do i just pay 600 quid and a bit more each month but it means i can take that you know if i move house or if i go on you know caravan holiday or something i can take that with me you're kind of stripping away one of the benefits you get from Starlink by charging extra to be able to roam. Yeah, and the benefit historically of satellite services, I can't remember the old ones, but the ones with the uh, geostationary ones, they used to be expensive, high latency and stuff like that. You could travel yeah. anywhere you want within their range. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Sounds like they're trying yeah. to make money back on their R&D. ASAP, and they see that there's actually a lot of people mm. moving around, so they figured, look, let's let's see if we can kind of yeah. capture that revenue stream in, in 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 any way, shape, or form. Maybe. Yeah, and again, I suppose I suppose in in the US, it's maybe a bigger problem because they don't have the cell coverage. But like, obviously, in the UK, you know, you can pick up a you know an unlimited five G dongle for thirty pound a month. Um, and it's you know it's probably not going to have Starlink speeds, but it will have eighty meg, hundred meg. That's you know that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 
They also don't have a lot of competition in that space at the moment, but yeah. things like OneWeb, is it? The UK company yeah, yeah. that are going to be launching soon. Um, and I'm sure there's loads of others around the world. Yeah, no, but it's probably US US use case, and they 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 will try and see if it fits on on the rest of the world as well, and it probably won't. But if they make enough money in the US, then it's fine, probably. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe you know knowing knowing Elon Musk and Tesla's way of doing things, right, which is really expensive at the beginning, and then as it becomes less niche, bring down the price a bit, you know. That might be what they're going for as well, right? Let's try and make back as much money as we can right now, you know, on on the early adopters, on the people where they have no other choice. And then once we've got a stable market and the business is making money, then we can look at going, oh, okay, let's bring down the price, let's get more users in, that type of thing. Why would you even use the Starlink anyway? When you've got, like Christian said, your house doesn't move, you've got 5G, well so for instance where i am obviously i'm lucky because in my village i'm in a brand new property so they ran fiber to my property but three doors up where that house has been there for 600 years they've got twisted copper cable and the maximum they're ever getting is 12 meg (laughs) we've just had city fiber come well about six months ago they they put their networks in and they're like an open reach competitor so layer one and you basically they put the yep. fiber in and then you pay like Vodafone whoever to do PPPOE over the top um, so we've got that plus Virgin which do gig 1.1 gig down and 50 meg up um, but I'm paying like I said £28 a month it's symmetric gig with a mm-hmm. uh, 5G backup dongle with unlimited data yeah, I mean okay, that's, that's nice. Yeah. That's awesome. But but I have gig up and down as well for forty five euros, so probably very similar. Yeah. And we had this 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 cooperation, like as you said, city fiber, and and so they ran it here. And and I live I live in the countryside, so they just dug up all the and all, all the uh, all the roads and put in fiber. Yeah, they do it across yeah. telegraph poles here, yeah, as well, in the air. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, so that's why you have the five five G backup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I can't see why In case someone drives into the pole, and <laughs> takes out your, <laughs> takes out takes your out internet. these <laughs> city fiber. <laughs> yeah. My um my manager had Starlink for a bit though, and uh, he lives not far away from me. And he, after about three four months, he cancelled. You you met him actually, Dan Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. He cancelled. He carried a grade net, so he had loads of problems with that. Um, it won't get the performance and stuff like that you expected. It just said it was rubbish. Well, and to be fair, I think when they launched in the UK, they even said like, oh, "We don't have enough satellites at the moment, so every now and then it will just stop working." Yeah, and you can beat a test <laughs> for hundred pound a month. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's killer. Yeah, Starlink's Not insurance. Yeah, Starlink's for like insurance. the apocalypse that's coming. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been it's been useful in Ukraine, right? They used it in go. Ukraine. Very. They, yeah. they handed out base stations and and they kept them going and Zelensky was able to you know keep his keep his social media going. Get to, your selfie going. Yeah. So fair play. That's what you want because you can knock down yep. towers, can't you? Very easily. We can cut exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, Russia is probably one of the only countries that could start shooting satellites out the sky. But there's a couple of thousand up there now, so they'd <laughs> they'd have to spend some resources doing it. Just a bit. Yeah. And. 
let's let's face it, it's good PR for Elon. Exactly. Like he needs any more PR. That's what Elon's all about. (laughs) He loves it. Right, let's leave it there then, guys, because we're like over an hour now. So um, thanks very much, and uh, hopefully we'll see each other next week. Over an hour. So, yeah, that's not enough time. Surely, I mean, going probably once another half an hour. This. No, nah, mate. It was it was forty minutes of crypto. Oh well, edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. Actually, if we were going to talk crypto, I should have got the champagne out, not the Heineken. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, hey, gents. See you next time. Bye.